Well, hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Sermon. Uh, this is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge. And if you're joining us for the first time, just want to say you're very welcome, whether you're on Vimeo or uh, on our podcast. Uh, Beyond the Sermon is an opportunity for us really to dig in a bit deeper into the Sunday sermon that has just passed and uh, gives me an opportunity really to put some questions to whoever was teaching that Sunday and I uh, have Pastor Mike with me. Mike, good to have you again. Yeah, thanks, Will. Yeah, and so, uh, Mike, we're continuing our series in Daniel. Uh, last week, we kind of made that shift in Daniel 7 into, you know, what we would call apocalyptic uh, literature, um, you know, which sometimes is a bit of a turnoff for people. It feels like so foreign, uh, and especially, uh, you know, as we look into chapter 8, and there's a lot of kind of symbolic uh speech in there and you know images like crazy images like you were talking about you know um yeah it's almost kind of x-men <laughs> territory um and so uh but i we kind of talked a little bit about that last week but what i would like to kind of question you uh just beginning is uh just thinking about this role of god as as a judge and delivering judgment it's quite a common theme in the old testament and uh and yet I think for some people, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a challenging one, particularly when we look at the teachings of Jesus in regards to our enemies and how we treat our enemies. So um, can I just put that question to you? How do, how do we kind of navigate that? God is a judge. Jesus loving our enemies, things like that. Yeah, it, it's a really fair question, Will. And, and you know, just from a personal standpoint, we, when I um, approach a passage such as this one, and it does seem like there are others, this is not alone uh, in the Old Testament, that you see uh, what would appear to be a, a judging a role that God is playing. I don't celebrate that. <laughs> you know, it's not like, yes, I love this passage. Um, this is, for me, one of the real values, I think, in looking at all of the Bible, um, because it's important for us not to get into that place where we create the God we want. Uh, and that can happen, you know, you get this, well, I'm just going to focus on the characteristics, characteristics of God I like. These characteristics are clearly in the Bible. Uh, and well, if we want to be able to learn and grow in him, we really need to wrestle with that. So I think there's value in wrestling even though I'm, I'm not fully comfortable with that, you know, just name that I'm not, it's not something that I feel uh, like I super have a, a complete grasp on it, but I do know it's in there. Um, I think we struggle. I, I struggle with the concept of this judgment role of God. And I think one of the reasons in that is you look at how authority in the world that we live in, um, and we have a lot of reason not to trust uh, authority uh, across the boards, whether, you know, it's a politician, whether it's somebody in law enforcement, we can all probably think of examples where authority has been abused. And so we lose trust in authority and then get into the place, well, nobody, we really don't want anybody to judge because nobody's fit to judge. Right. Um, right. No, no human is fit to judge. I think then when we look at the Bible and think about God, well, that's a different filter. I think it's important for me to kind of take off some of the things that have been in, in my mind uh, that where I've seen so the abuses of, of power and the lack of trust with authorities and say, that's not God. Uh, he is 
fully good and he can be trusted. And so the first thing I, I see when I read through a passage like this is kind of a, uh, really, you know, the judging role. Right. But as I look a little deeper, I think when I can get beyond some of my own issues with, with judging and authority and recognize who God is and his goodness, um, then all of a sudden I realize, well, I really do want what, God, what, what the Bible is talking about here. I do want this kind of judgment. I'd really call it justice. Right. Um, yeah, there is a place for that. I really do want uh, a God who is good to be able to bring justice. I really do want to be able to live in a world where crime doesn't pay. I really do want to live in the world where evil, you know, doesn't win. Mm -hmm. uh, and how does that happen? Well, it happens when there is one who has more power that comes in and um, exercises that and brings justice and brings uh, the, the judgment that we look at. Um, but it's important to separate with God, it's good and, and it's pure. And we just don't have a living example of that in our culture today. Mm. Yeah, Mike, I, <clears throat> I really appreciate you kind of, you know, even starting in that place of recognizing God as the one he is worthy to judge, uh, you know, judgment. If we're going to trust somebody's judgment, it's because we obviously trust the person in terms of, you know, history that we have with them, or perhaps they've been in that situation a lot of times. And so we trust their discernment, we trust their judgment, we trust their actions and response to whatever it is. And so I think that's a really important place to start uh, in recognizing that God is a worthy judge. He is holy and he is good. And inevitably, we are going to find things that, uh, we'll put it this way, if we don't find things uh, that trouble us about God or confuse us about God, then we're probably doing what you're saying <laughs> in terms of shaping some sort of idol and image that we want and what's comfortable for us in 21st century America. Um, and so we have to be careful about that. And so I, I would uh, encourage people not to necessarily be pushed away from passages like this, but rather to engage with them, particularly when we look in the Old Testament. And I would I would agree with you, Mike. I mean, I, I feel like there's actually great hope uh, to quote actually something that you said, you know, you said there's no future in evil. Uh, that evil doesn't win, Jesus does. And I think there's great hope in that, uh, in, in terms of there's so many things, so many injustices that as we look across history that we feel like maybe it seems like people got away with, um, you know, terrible things done to others. And, uh, and to know that there is a, there is a judgment day. Uh, and again, we, we, you know, we kind of, we've thought about this before in terms of how that impacts us personally, because I think it's important that we realize, and you, you, you touched on this in your sermon, it's easy for us to kind of think that, well, the evil's all out there, you know, the darkness is all out there and God's going to judge all that. <laughs> and I'm, you know, when actually, um, it's present within us too, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. And so, um, but let me, let me put this question to you, Mike, how does just thinking about that, you know, that there's no future in evil, that end victory, how does that future victory impact your life today? Um, and what do you really see of the role as a Christian really in terms of combating evil in the world today? Yeah, I, I, hope would be the word that I would say is the primary one for me with that too, Will, because a lot of times today, it doesn't necessarily turn out the way that 
I desire it too, or you see things where, where there is injustice and it does seem like people are getting away with things that, that they shouldn't be getting away with. The reality, it does bring hope that there is a good God who is going to have justice. As far as what that looks like, I don't know. I mean, that, that kind of is beyond my capacity to fi really figure out what justice um, from his end of things would look like. But I think it really too, on a personal level, as I've gone through it this week and was really digging into that, it's opened my eyes, preparing me a little more for the Christmas season. Uh, you, you know, as you look at it, yeah, because it's not just out there, and I'm aware, more aware of the evil out there than I am in here, mm. uh, but when we talk about the birth of, well, a savior, mm. right, the savior, and that really gains traction personally for me when I recognize, well, I really, I need to be saved. Um, right. There are these things going on in me, and I need that. It's just not a nice a little holiday. It's not just kind of fun. That's a cool story in the Bible. No, I personally need that. Mm. And, and when I let that sink in, I need that. I need to be saved. Mm. Um, this week for me, Christmas is just kind of um, opened up a little bit, uh, right. thinking about that. And it becomes a celebration as I get in tune with my need to be saved. Right. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the danger is, I think, with, especially in the church, if you've grown up in the church, I think certain words can lose the depth of their meaning, or you forget, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's kind of what I want to say in terms of the depth of their meaning, but so thinking of a word like Savior, Jesus being our Savior, we do forget about the fact that we are needing saved, not only in, a, in an eternity sense, in terms of separation from God and coming into relationship with him, but also in a heart and a mind sense. And I think that's part of the, the, the wonder of Christmas is um, God coming into the earth. And it was a reconciliation mission, uh, you know, to reconcile us to God. And there's a, definitely a relational part of that. There is uh, a standing before God part of that in terms of what Jesus has done and us accepting that. But there's also this transformational aspect of it, I, I think, of um, the hope of uh, God's very presence within us, the, the Holy Spirit within us and working within us. That is, that's very much part of the, the hope of Christmas as well. You know, that we, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, we see God residing and man-made temples in these particular spots but it was such a restricted space you know <laughs> for only one to to enter but once a year and uh and as we think about that as we think about the holy spirit being given to us as we accept what christ has done for us and his transformative work in us um man there's so much there's so much there um to to be grateful for for sure and then just getting to that second question mike i mean how, how do you feel like um, and I guess this maybe this is a question of in terms of advancing God's kingdom, but how do we combat evil in the world today? Um, how do we, how are we actively being the light in, in the darkness? Yeah, there, are, there's more than one way to do that. Well, you know, and I think that, that some of it is just giving some of our time and life and energy into causes that we believe in. Uh, there's a lot of different 
organizations that we can do that with and through that I think are frontline com combating darkness, you know, Wings of Refuge, for example, who, who's providing, you know, freedom and training and healing for people who have been part of human trafficking. Right. That is something that we can do more than just say, yeah, I, I believe in that. We can find ways to be able to use our life to be able to help, to be able to make a difference. Um, from the perspective of the church, I think we're smack central to that too, in terms of what we do as a church, is the opportunity to be able to, to be the light and help people see who Jesus is and what this means. And so I think investing ourselves into that is a real practical way to say, yeah, that, that's what we're called to do. We're called to find ways to be able to combat evil, to invest our lives into things that are doing that, into organizations that are doing that. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to be able to be a part of that. Right. So just feels like we've covered a lot of ground in the last 13 minutes there, Mike. Um, but, you know, just thinking back to uh, just encouraging people to uh, continue to engage in these kind of passages in the Bible that Maybe it's because of the genre of it, you know, the symbolic or, you know, images or visions, things like that. Or maybe it pertains to um, God's role as a judge and, and pouring out his judgment to continue to engage with those, um, knowing that we certainly as a church, and I know you and your leadership are not about kind of cutting out what we don't like and, you know, focusing on what we do like. This is God's word to us and so um, and revealing who he is and we want to know you want to know him. And then just, I, I would encourage you if you're, if you're listening, uh, you know, go on our website. Uh, there are, and under the serve tab, there are so many opportunities to get involved in terms of serving um, on a local level or giving even for some uh, global uh, initiatives that we're involved in as a church. So I would encourage you to go on there and uh, yeah, well, Mike, so appreciate your time. And again, your effort and uh, looking forward to continuing this study. Thanks, Will.